Good morning, good morning, and welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness. We're in the process of awakening. Benny, how are you? Oh, oh, pretty good. <laughs> Waking up myself here too, right? Woo! Yeah. Let's all stretch. I know. Oh, Stand a little. Karen can join us. Yeah. Stand a little taller. Yeah. Sit a little, you know. Everybody out there, there, just, you know, <laughs> unleash your wings, move them around. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Penny. I actually wanted to do that. Um, you know, I was doing sessions with someone yesterday and she just kept yawning. And I said, you know what? It's really okay. You know, we have all this restriction around like, oh. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've been like hard at it in the first 20 days of the first new year. We're already needing to take a break, it seems like. Yeah, it has been in, intense. We, um, yeah, we 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 came in mm-hmm. not intense, but intensely. Yeah. Hot, yeah. coming in hot, right? Yeah, coming in hot. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Sliding in, <laughs> sliding in, running around those bases, coming in. Yeah. Anyway, you know, side side note, it just just popped in my head. I remember when I was little and I got you know my haircut. I remember it like the well the beauty salon or you know I guess the barbershop, but I never really there wasn't one in our town. But I remember like always falling asleep, looking up at the ceiling when they like massage your head and do the hair treatment oh, thing. Am I yeah. not the only one that did that? Or <laughs> that was always reminding me in the mornings. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that you brought that up. Um, I love getting my hair done, and I, I, I do have a tendency to just like, like I'm always asking my hairdresser, "Could you just yeah. do that a little longer?" Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, rub it in. Yeah, rub it in. See. <laughs> I can't do that much anymore. I don't have much up there anymore. But down here, I'll work on it down here, a little longer down here. You're making up for it with a facial hair. Hey, if I can't grow it somewhere, I'll grow it somewhere else, you know? That's right. That's right. That's right. You know, we're not going to talk about my facial hair. We're not going there. But Get out of here. I don't know, you know. Anyway, yeah. Thanks, thanks for all, all of a sudden we have a hundred more viewers. All of a sudden, know, like, wow, look at that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, they have those funny little, um, whatever they are. That you, they're kind of a wire thing, and you put them on your head, and then oh. you pull it off. Those. I don't know what they're called. I, um, I I don't know what they're called either. My uh and my uh, no my aunt my sister and brother in law have one of those too. And we used to do that to the kids when they were like three, you know, four, mm-hmm. and they had no clue what was going on. Like you sneak up behind them and just slowly push it down. <laughs> like, they would freak out. <laughs> but I, after they saw it, then they would get used to it. So yeah, it's so relaxing though. It is. It's like it's like insanely good. I and know. So anyway, everybody out there, go get one of those head massager things, those little wire things, and it'll help get rid of the stress, right? It kind of looks like a giant egg beater, but like knock off the bottom or the the whisk, the whip, you know, the whisk thing. That's what it looks like. Yeah, the whisk. Yeah, the whisk. So basically, if you're in a pinch for money, just cut one of those up and and I have to work at that. Yeah, now all of you that are going for your hair, you're going to ask your right. hairdresser, could you, like, yeah. you know? <laughs> I think appointments are going to climb after this. See, I do too. <laughs> done, done, done. <laughs> Knew what was happening. Forget radio, I'm oh, getting into a new goodness. business. Okay, <laughs> we're just trying to edge yeah. into our show today. <laughs> I, I hope everyone's having a good time. You know, sometimes life is heavy, and this, whoa, we really hit January in 2022 with some pretty intense energies. So um, I do believe laughter 
is vitally important as well as dancing and singing and you know all of that kind of stuff so yeah just hang around it's good energy the good energy. scalp massager tool if you google that it's all you the, need to do okay all write right it down everyone's scalp done massage. <laughs> put it in the your scalp. little wish list put it in your cart learn right something now. new today there this you is go so good. high five yeah. high what five we do. Woo-hoo. We do. yeah thank you thank you so much all right. So uh, anyway, I am Loretta Brown. After all of that, yes, we do have fun. We we try to uh, balance our lives. I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater Seattle area for the last whew, 27 years. And uh, you can find more about my business at ReikiOasis.com. And um, what do I have coming up? Oh, I've always got something coming up. Uh, Saturday, the day after tomorrow, January 22nd, 0122. 2022. I have to say those numbers because there's magic going on. Yeah, I have the uh, uh, Temple of the Divine Feminine for my women, and we are meeting via Zoom. We're going to do some wonderful ceremonies where we're kind of sliding into, we're still riding on the back of the full moon energies. And of course, we're going into Aquarius today. And we, we got to come into our power this year. We do. It's time for our gifts to come out. It's time. If your heart's calling, please join me in Temple of the Divine Feminine. You can sign up at schedule.reikioasis.com. It's always a really good time, a blessed time, and um, benefiting all of you. Uh, I do have Sunday meditation with Loretta every Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you cannot join me at that time, just sign up at the scheduler. I'll send you a recording and you can listen to it whenever you want. I am a listener-supported show. To all my supporters, you can go to patreon.com slash the Loretta Brown Show. And guess what? There's more of that. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, blessings and angels. And of course, you help. Your energy contributes to this. It's important. You would be great in a parade. Have you been in a parade (laughs) on your own float? Have you done that one yet? I actually did. (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. it. The butter wave. Yep. Yep. Elbow, elbow, wrist, wrist. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Although I think my mother taught me how to smile no matter what. And I had to, you know, that benefits me and gets in the way. So, of course. Mm, what face is that, right? <laughs> oh man, we're going too deep too quick. I know. It's revealing all, right? <laughs> have you ever been in a parade, Benny? Uh, yes, I have actually a number of times. I used to be part of the Issaquah Chamber out in Issaquah, Washington. <gasps> I was part of the Good Salmon show. Days Festival and the committee out there. I was a, or I should say, an official. Get it? For official, get fish and salmon. I, Did you get that one? Okay. You. Didn't get the response right away. I was expecting it sooner. <laughs> Maybe a minute. little early. I was, okay. We have some honest honest uh, viewers out there. Yes, thank you for our guest. <laughs> I was trying to I was still trying to figure out if you had to dress like a salmon. I so. <laughs> I uh actually did. <laughs> if you want to get into some all ser- yes, I was um the mascot a couple years in the parade and I got to run around in a giant fish costume. I love this information so much. And the co- the costume was Sammy the Salmon. <laughs> Sammy was amazing. Of course. Of course it would be Sammy. Of course, right? See? <laughs> Keeps going, right? Oh, it never ends. <laughs> Believe you me. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've already learned two things I never knew before. <laughs> so in if you're in the area, it's past now, too. If you're in the Issaquah area out in Washington State, the first week in October every year is the Salmon Days Festival. So it's the last of the festivals that uh, ends for the Pacific Northwest, along with Marysville and some of the other areas, cities. And, uh, yeah, great times. It's when the salmon, you know, migrate. They go up in the stream. They do their, little, a- they do their little thing. <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, American and it's really babies. important. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Well, actually, that's a weird, interesting segue into our show because they do—they go upstream, they migrate, and they lay eggs, and then they die. Right. I know. Whoa, the great cycle of life. There mm-hmm. it is, right there. I just love how that all fit together. And also, yeah, big, big hearts and love to you. And also, uh, yeah, I love celebrating our greater Seattle area here. And uh, it's great. It's great. Thank you so much for that, Benny. That that was an amazing segue into my guests. Who knew? Sometimes our silliness works. So I'm going to do a quick astrology check in. And then I want to bring Karen Johnson on the show because we've got lots of wonderful things to talk about. This has been a powerful month and a powerful week of shifting energies in astrology. We started this week with a huge, powerful, full wolf moon in Cancer. Anybody been feeling it? Oh boy, my clients have been off the charts. This was a very emotional full moon. It's in Cancer, right? So it's it brought an emotional crisis to some people, emotional rebirth. And it's actually helping us close out a chapter that began in July of 2020. Mm. Oh, yeah. Think back to that. So this moon is helping to illuminate the deepest parts of ourselves so we can see into our subconscious more clearly and get to the root of how we feel and the habitual emotions that are running us hmm, subconsciously. So they got to come to the surface so you can look at them. Venus retrograde is helping us look at ourselves, our families, our ancestral lineages, and all that old baggage that we're done with. And Venus retrograde always says, what matters to you? What what is in your heart? Let's take another look at it. And, you know, maybe it's time to clean it out. It's always time to clean house. With its opposition to Pluto, that powerful planet of transformation, it may have brought many of you into a very emotional state. I had a lot of clients talking about how they're just bursting into tears. They're remembering things. Um, They're missing dearly departed loved ones. And they're even being revisited by old lovers and old friends. Like, whoa, what's this all about? Also this week on Tuesday, Uranus, the planet of unexpected and sudden shifts went direct. It's been retrograde for five months. It is now half, we're, we're now halfway through the transit of Uranus through Taurus, which takes a total of seven years. So we're three and a half years into it. I want you to remember last year, I talked all year about the Saturn-Uranus conversations, Saturn being structure and karma and all that stuff are, you know, being kind of confined and Uranus wanting to break away and be free, which one's going to win. They're clanging against each other, having a conversation. So this week uranus went direct so it's going to help us look at life through a new lens and review our reality in regard to what is known which is our comfort zone and that which is unknown which is change our subconscious 
does not like change, but change is inevitable. So how we go through that, we do it gracefully or we battle with it. So as it goes direct, we may experience some surprising breakthroughs or breakaways from the past, which might be a relief for some of you and scary for others. You may find yourself unexpectedly changing how you see yourself, your life, or your future direction. And you just may suddenly make an unexpected change. Just boom, you're doing it. Uranus is playing a significant role in the evolutionary direction of our personal lives and our collective this year. And then today, powerful stuff today, great day for Karen Johnson to be on. The sun is moving out of Capricorn and into Aquarius. Whoo, the dawning of the age of Aquarius, you know, <laughs> right? And so we're it's sure to bring some lightness our way or some illumination as we shift from earth to air Energy is going to move up in our body. It's going to move up, helping us feel a little bit more energized. It's also going to activate our mental processes. So we might find ourselves exploring new ideas, thinking of new ways to approach things. Mercury is still in retrograde, so the shift may be subtle, but it is going to be working with us. And then the other huge thing happening right now, the nodal axis is shifting from Gemini Sagittarius, where it has been for 18 months, to Taurus Scorpio. Let me explain that so quickly and so briefly. The North Node tells us where we are going and what our evolving focal point is for our soul and spiritual growth, for the evolution of our consciousness, right? The South Node tells us where we are coming from, the releasing point, what's outdated and what needs to go but also realize that the past follows us forward so we're on this this past present future thing although that's an illusion we're not going to get into that so the next 18 months is about building new foundations and transforming our approach to many areas of our life the last time the nodes were in taurus north node scorpio south node was in april 2003 to December 2004. So you might think back, what was going on in your life then? What were some of the themes, the lessons, and the events <clears throat> that you experienced at that time? You may be revisiting them, and you will be revisiting them at a higher octave at a different point. Because when we move, we always go through cycles, but we, we do them differently because we are a different person. So that's the astrology. It's powerful. I feel like I need to wipe my brow just reading that. I feel like I'm on fire or something. It's, I'll be honest with all of you. It's really affecting me and my life. And I feel like it's time for some breakthroughs in 2022. Let's come on. Let's do this. Come on. You know, let's do it. I can't think of a better day to have my wonderful guest on. I have Karen Johnson. She's a healer. She's an author. She used to be a judge. She's written a great book called Living Grieving, using energy medicine to alchemize grief and loss. After the devastating loss of her 27-year-old son, Ben, to a heroin overdose, Karen went through her own journey of death. Yeah, she did. She left her 30-year career as a federal judge. She spent two and a half years traveling the world finding a spiritual and healing practice along the way. 
She delved into shamanic work, became a shaman, studied with Alberto Velaldo. She works with the Four Winds Medicine Wheel. Boy, she's got a lot to share with us. She is now trained in the techniques of illumination, soul retrieval, extractions of energies and entities, divination, death rites, and probably many other things. Welcome to the show, Karen. It's great to have you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah. Thank you for your patience with all the introduction. I'm going to show the oh, I loved it. YouTubers this beautiful gift. Yeah, this beautiful gift to the world, your book living grieving so um karen let's lay some foundation because people don't know who you are <laughs> so tell us tell us about yourself how did you um how did you end up being a judge well <clears throat> yeah so i always say i have had many incarnations in this lifetime so i started out you know in hospital administration and then decided I was going to go to law school and um, and then spent some time in the United States Army. <laughs> Got out of the Army as a major and and then I um, had a criminal law practice for a while and um, many different things that led me to apply to become a judge and then I was accepted and um, it's just been a long career path, you know, I'm 69 years old, great number, I think. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the perfect number. number, right? Yeah. And so I've just, um, I just had so many wonderful career opportunities and it was always grasping the brass ring. So I was one of those people that really didn't have a spiritual practice, didn't believe in much and was on the hamster wheel, oh. you know, just constantly, constantly going, going, going success, success. I call it in my book, success at any price. And, um, all that that kind of traps us, you know, mortgages, houses, cars, you know, kids and, you know, all the things that we set up in our lives kind of came to a crashing halt when my son passed of a heroin overdose. So he wasn't a long-term addict. He went to a party, they got drunk, they decided to use heroin for some reason, probably because they were drunk and they gave him too much. He was a big guy, six, eight, <clears throat> and um, he died instantly and everything reality as I knew it stopped and I I then I then I saw him he came to me the very next day I saw him as clearly as I would see him in life and wow. I happened to be on a vacation out of the country at the time and uh, so I, I called my ex-husband and said I think he's alive I think he's alive. I, I don't think he's dead. I think he's trying to tell me he's stuck in the, you know, the freezer and you got to get him out, you know, so I went, I was crazy. I was completely crazy. And so the, the Emmy beautiful person went to look and said, I'm sorry, but you know, he's, he's passed. And so that his showing up was an entryway for me, a doorway into spiritualism, um, because I certainly didn't believe any of it before. So, um, yeah, so I had to um, really look at everything, and I did, and I found a medium, and a medium came to me, and um, not came to me, but I went to find a medium. I didn't even know that there were mediums around my little neighborhood in Fairfax <laughs> County, Virginia. I was so out of it, I just wasn't in touch with any spiritual folks. So um, I found one. It was one of those 
synchronicities that I talk about in my book. So I looked it up and there was a whole list of people. And I thought, wow, look at that. Look at all these people. And then one's picture was bigger than the other. And I ended up, I said, well, I'll go to her. <clears throat> right. And so I went to her, had a fabulous um, session. And I said, you know, he, he's right, flew in right behind me. He's right behind, standing beside your husband. And I can see him, but I can't hear what he's saying. Can you tell me what he's saying? And so it was a wonderful session. And she said, you know, you might have some skills yourself. Most of my clients don't know that their loved ones in the room, right? And so that led me on this journey through spiritualism and mediumship and all sorts of things. It took me to an evolutionary astrologer um, who looked at <clears throat> my reading and said, okay, you're moving away from Uranus, shame, blame, guilt into Neptune, you're a, a mystical path. And I had a reading by someone else for someone else that had this and she became a shaman. And I'm like, a shaman? I thought they died out hundreds of years ago. I didn't know that. <laughs> so, you know, my little left brain self went on Google. Mr. Google knows all. And, <laughs> I, and so I found the Four Winds Society. And three weeks later, I was on a plane to Joshua Tree for my first medicine wheel class. So, um, and then after that, I, um, I just left everything behind. I decided that I still was trying to comprehend death and loss and grief. So I sold my home and everything in it and donated and went on a two and a half year journey all over the world. You know, to, uh, yeah, go ahead, finish that sentence. Yeah, I was just saying to talk to shamans and mystical people all over, Sufi masters and African shamans and Hindu goddess, gods and goddesses and temple masters. And it was amazing to collect it all together. And it became a book. Uh, that There's so much in what you said. I just appreciate you sharing that with us so much. Um, I was thinking when you were talking that, you know, you are now at the other side of at least this section, right? Mm. Of dealing with it. And I was I was sensing while you were talking of actually the enormity of this journey. Um, and I'm not even quite sure how to uh, ask the question. Maybe it isn't a question. Um, you got broke open. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Deconstructed, total deconstruction. Deconstruction, that's the word. Yeah, total yeah. deconstruction. Every Nothing made sense anymore. I felt like I was outside the matrix or had flown off a train somewhere and was landing in the desert looking around, not knowing where I was. Nothing made sense. The commute didn't make sense anymore. The, you know, I was in Washington, D, the second worst traffic in the country for 30 years. And, uh, you know, my office packed up with boxes of discovery materials and reading and the people that were there and I didn't fit anymore. Oh, that's a great comment. That's mm -hmm. uh, a great comment. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I was fortunate because my son was with me all the way. And he, I really believe I was led to the right people at the right time. And, um, and he was always with me, which is another story in my book. Um, yeah. But and showing kind of showing me the way until I kind of was on my feet. And and then he would stop coming by as much. And I say, what's going on? And he said, now quit ringing my doorbell as only a 27. 
I'm busy here. I'm, I'm with uh, masters and right now I'm in the Jesus pod. He said, by the way, Jesus is real. Not all the stuff that you read, but I'm in the Jesus pod. And so, you, you know, you're good. You're good now. And I'm like, okay. So <laughs> leave me alone, right? I'm, I'm alone, in my room. Mom. I'm doing my thing. Yeah, I'm doing my thing with my friends, you know, in the afterlife. So what better thing for a mother to have is that knowledge is that their loved one, pardon one, is, has an afterlife and is having a fun afterlife. And, and I always tell people too, you know, they say, how can they come back and forth if they're fully passed over? And I said, well, they're not in prison, right? They're good. They can come back and forth. So there's a difference between stuck, being stuck in between realms and being fully crossed over and visiting. And so Ben still helps me. I do a lot of helping with souls transition and he comes in and helps me with, especially young people who have overdosed or suicides, things like that, where they need a little help. They need a little extra, you know? So. I think I think that's uh, you made so many good points there because um, my understanding of you through reading your book and what you just said was that you weren't really religious, you know, before all of this happened, dead was dead, right? Yep. And maybe you didn't even really think about it. You know, it's that death taboo, right? We just don't yeah. look at that. We don't talk about it. But this idea, and I think people listening really need to hear this that there is life after death like death is not death and there's things that go on and and the departed have a life over there right mm -hmm. is one thing to know and and of course sometimes how do i say this you had to get to the place where you could even really uh, you know accept that if yes. i could say such a thing mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. No, i wasn't spiritually inclined or religiously inclined i was kind of turned off by regular organized religion. And so I, I just never really developed that side and it until it was dropped in my lap. And I'm a Capricorn, Capricorn, Capricorn. And they say oh. Capricorns either, they either get it spiritually in a lifetime or they miss it. And so I was not getting it until ma'am, bam, it hit me in the face. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I get you. So uh, uh, this is a great time for us to take a little station break, Mr. Benny, and um, then we're going to come back because I have so much more to pull out of this uh, interview. My guest today, Karen V. Johnson, her book, Living Grieving, Living Grieving, such a great title, using energy medicine to alchemize grief and loss. And uh, we are talking about death, but we're also going to be talking after the break about Oh, I don't know. You're just going to have to come back. The incredible power of grieving and the path of that, right? Mm -hmm. This is Loretta Brown. We'll be right back. Energy is powerful. It's all around us, mysterious, full of potential. Directing positive healing energy to raise your vibrational rate through Reiki can change your life. Reiki master Loretta Brown has relieved stress, sadness, anger, and even helped clients lose weight stop smoking, and end sleep disorders. Worldwide, people have sought out Reiki Oasis. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. 
Have something important to say? Want to help improve our world? Need to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Our staff helps broadcasters and podcasters create professional-sounding audio. Bring your talent and let our experts help you craft a radio show or podcast that best delivers your message. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. Saving Great Animals, a Seattle-based dog rescue organization, matches families with dogs that are the best fit. Dogs that come from overcrowded animal control shelters, from abandonment or neglect. The key to Saving Great Animals' success is a trial adoption program, including training and counsel as needed. This way, you know you have the right dog before the adoption is final. Saving Great Animals relies solely on donations, so please visit Saving Great Animals animals.org today alternative talk 1150 here to uplift your day oh that's good thank you betty yeah that's good that's good welcome back to the original loretta brown show i am loretta brown owner of reiki oasis right here in the greater seattle area find out more about that at reikioasis.com also uh, all of these shows are archived on the 1150 kknw um, the original loretta brown show archives you can download them you can listen to them over and over. You can take notes. You can find us live on, uh, you can find us on the YouTubes and of course, Podcast One, iTunes, Spotify, and all over the place. So uh, please take advantage of, of this and many other shows. My guest today, Karen V. Johnson, uh, sharing with us a very, actually it's a very intimate story. It's very powerful, much needed. Her book, Living a Grieving, Using Energy Medicine to Alchemize Grief and Loss. Um, you know, when you're at the other end of this long journey, Karen, and I kind of was bringing that forward, you have found your way to a place where you're able to cope and deal with things. And I do want to bring in, you know, the four winds and the and the medicine wheel. I, it's just so powerful. But before we do that, I want to back up just a little bit, because I know that there's a lot of people who are in active grief. And perhaps they've just lost someone. Um, maybe they are losing someone, right? And it, there's also this grief, and we are talking specifically about people dying, right? That grief. But we also have a lot of grief of people dealing with the the deconstructions of their life as they know it before the pandemic. And now here we are. And, you know, I hate to tell everybody it will never be the same. So, mm. you know, it will never be the same. We are in process. So can we back up just a little bit? Cause I want to pull out a couple of points when you, so you're in South Korea, you're on holiday, you get this phone call from a detective yeah. who tells you your son is dead. Yeah. This is just a, you know, a Loretta question. My gosh, I don't even know if I could have functioned after that. How, how the heck did you even, make it home on the plane like i probably would have torn the plane apart yeah i um wow it, it was really extra tough because of the time difference okay um so i couldn't get a flight out i found out maybe 7 p.m korean time and i couldn't get a flight until it was nighttime there, there was nothing leaving i had to wait until the next morning so i had all this time this 12-hour period so calling my daughter calling my friends calling uh, you know, it was just this surreal time, staying up all night, just really hysterical. 
yeah and getting getting a flight and and then sitting in the airport and that's when he came to me i was sitting in the airport right there right then he came to wow. me. and i i think maybe it was because i was so such a mess and so broken this was a moment that i saw through the veil into the other side or he came through the veil to me um and yeah it it, it was really the hardest thing that I can ever imagine. I mean, you think about losing a child and, yeah. and your worst nightmares, and, but you, you have no idea what you're going to do until it happens and how you're going to be. <clears throat> and then, you know, our society is not very good at handling it either. So prolonged, re so pr prolonged grief, deep grief, anticipatory grief. We're talking about people who someone's in the process of dying. And these are things that are really hard. And not talked about because we're kind of told to get over it it's time to move on okay let's do all these practical things now it's time to go to a movie and now it's time to do you know go to a party and and let's not talk about that right let's not we're not going to talk about that today somebody told me we're just gonna we're just gonna have fun it's unreal it's not real and so i i just told my told people think of me as a zombie I only have half a heart now. Zombies don't go out to dinner and they don't go to movies and they don't, they don't go to parties. I'm just, let me be a zombie, you know? And, and sometimes we need that time to yeah. just be. And then at some point for me, I came to this point of really being suicidal. Mm -hmm. I, I really didn't want to live anymore. And, and I thought, how can I, how can I, what can I do? How can I make this pain stop? And one morning I thought, oh, I came, went to bed and I remember thinking, oh, this is it. I'm going to die now. This is, I'm done now. I'm done living. And I feel like the angels are around me and I'm going to die. And then I woke up in the morning and I said, well, bait and switch, man. <laughs> <laughs> you... <laughs> what is with you angels? <laughs> bait and switch. Yeah, exactly. Bait and switch. Right, right here I am, and I, and that was a morning that I had this idea. I had to get my sons. I'm sorry, but you know they do that. I, I'm thinking the bait and switch angels. <laughs> what you the know, heck, man? You yeah, exactly. Anybody. I know who's yeah. volunteering for that. I'm probably going to do that. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So the next morning I woke up and I had this obsession. I had to get together 16 bundles. I put together all my sons' um, t-shirts and underwear and and and. Um, blankets and sheets and all these things and I got money together and some food and I made six had to be 16 and I stuffed all this in my car and drove the whole way to DC because I knew there was a tent city of homeless people across from where I worked and don't you know I arrived there and there were exactly 16 tents so it was like that was orchestrated too and it was such a wonderful relief to you know beyond what am I going to do with these his things, but I felt like he was saying, give it away. Cause he was always a giving person. He'd give his shirt away, you know? So literally I was giving his shirts away and, and, um, yeah. So it, it was just this long process, this long, dark night of the soul. And, and, and that's okay. And sometimes we have to let people have, I mean, we have to let people have it. Not sometimes, but all the time, all the time. Right. And there's no time people say, well, it's time to move on. Um, who's time right? Whose time are we in? We're in, I always say no time, let's be in no time and allow people to have their grieving process. And at some point, maybe 
I know I've kind of stuck my head up and looked around and um, talked with the evolutionary astrologer and mediums and did my thing until I said, wow, you know, there's got to be, I don't understand this grief thing. I don't understand death, but I want to find out. And, and so I left everything behind and not everybody can do that, but I was an only child of an only child, didn't have brothers and sisters, didn't have a big family, had only a daughter. And my daughter was fantastic with everything. My friends went to her and said, you know, your mother's grieving. She's going to regret this. She has a lifetime appointment, blah, blah, blah. And my daughter said, hmm, I think my mother should shake her rattle and release her inner butterfly. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? That's perfect. It's perfect. So it gave me my freedom. And what could people do but go, well, I'm not going to get any help from her. <laughs> well, well, and I'm also being with this, the the time of transition. Okay, so you're a judge during the day and you're doing this. Yeah. As they as they always say, woo woo, right? Woo woo. Yeah. The Loretta's world of woo woo, right? Yeah. Um, and so here you're going through this real different (laughs) so there came a point where you had to let that go which was not defining you anymore and step step toward yeah right i knew that all somebody needed to do that just would make a fantastic washington post story judge uses rattle to decide (laughs) cases would be a great idea now i think i would have i probably would have been wiser in your private change chambers rattle rattle rattle. rattle. she's got her medicine stones and you know um and also get think about i couldn't really get psychiatric care or medicine because then i wouldn't be you know we have to be tested and reauthorized and get our security Mm -hmm. clearances and all those kind of things so i knew that I had to do some, I was not going to be medicated because I wanted to continue to see my son. I want, I, I, I just knew I had, I had to leave. I had to leave. It didn't fit anymore. Yeah. I just had to leave and go on this journey. You know, um, you bring out in your book, you know, that when you were a girl, you had these imaginary friends. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm only bringing this forward because I was also yeah. told don't Loretta, don't tell people about your imaginary friends. Don't, no, don't, right. shh, don't, don't, you know, you don't want to go to one of those places. Right. And, um, right. I, I also kind of ran from it for, for a long time. This, this to me is like, okay, this was time for you to reinvent yourself again. Like yeah. you said, you've lived several lifetimes. Um, I want you to talk a little bit, man, there's so many questions I have. First of all, I want to say, uh, ask this question because a lot of people, it, it's so awkward when someone dies yeah. and uh, if someone loses a child, super awkward or uh, a loved ones and we don't know what to say or do. What is one of the best things that we could say or do? Yeah, so the thing I remember best is a friend of mine that came and just sat. She didn't try to engage me in conversation or say, oh, everything's going to be okay. So many people will say that everything's going to be okay. And I'm thinking, no, never. Or he's in a better place. And finally, I was getting really angry. I, but I, I'm not in a better place. And actually, I'm kind of ticked off that he chose this. And, you know, he's in a better place. And here I am. So those kind of things, you know, just don't work. I mean, maybe if, you know, if certain things might work depending on your 
philosophical, spiritual background, but for me, none of those things work. So somebody who just sat and then people bring big casserole dishes, right? Big casserole, big cake, whole cake, big cake. So that's just me and my daughter, you know, it was very little. So I appreciated people who brought maybe um, little Tupperware containers that could go in the freezer, right? Little piece things or took things and put them in a baggie or did that for me because I was in no shape to put things in Tupperware. Yeah, that was way beyond my ability. So to have something like that, I had a friend that just came, she stayed with me for a week. And she said, Nope, I'm coming, I'm staying. So, oh, no, no, you don't have to do that. Blah, blah, blah. I'm in the car, just be quiet now. Right. So those <laughs> kind of people that just are there in, you know, she was went with me when I saw my son's body. She was there in, for the screaming and the crying and the laughing part because there were days we laugh about things that he did too. So it's all of that to just yeah. be, just to be. I think yeah. that's I think that's wonderful. Um, and also, it's mm -hmm. not about their agenda; it's your agenda. It's right. you're the one, you know, going through the death, right? Um, this is kind of a big question. I'm going to just roll this out there. Um, what, what is the gift that death brings to you? There's a, there's a whole energy to this grief process and it's, and it's big. And I really want to get into that a little bit. And, and if, if it makes sense to bring in the medicine wheel, if it makes sense to talk about shamanism, um, let's jump into that. Cause I think this is the powerful transformative journey. Yeah, and I want to pull that out. Yeah, so the biggest thing that I learned is that when we're grieving, that's why I call it living grieving, because we're living with grief all the time. It's not ever right. going to go away. Right. So we're on a journey, a transformative journey. And we know this about other things in life, like becoming a parent, getting married. We all expect that. And it's all, oh, this is going to be transformative, life-changing, and it's associated with joy and happiness. However, grief is also transformative. It's a way, it's a change of life. We don't like to look at it because it's associated right. with sadness and despair. And so when you look at it as a journey, then you don't have to feel the pressure to get over it, right? And so what yeah. came to me was sort of downloaded to me because my whole book was really downloaded. Sometimes I look at paragraphs and things I wrote and I'm like, wow, where did that come from? And so the, the, the journey of the bereaved, Joseph Campbell has a great hero's journey that she wrote, I call it the hero's journey, but so the journey of the bereaved through transition, resurrection and rebirth. And that we know that, that that's what our loved ones go through on the other side, Christianity, Egyptian mythology, many myths talk about this transition from the physical body to the spiritual, then you kind of wake up on the other side and then you're reborn in some fashion. So we too are on the same journey as above, so below the hermetic principles, right? And so when you see this as above, so below, and if you sign, people sign in my website that you know, eight things spirits on the other side wish you knew. And one of them is as we are stuck and stay stuck in our grief, they are stuck too. They can't fully engage on the other side because they're, they see us and they know what we're going through. Uh. And so we, you know, we often sometimes think and have been told that the amount of our sadness and our despair and our grieving and our stuckness and creating an altar in our home and not getting over it 
shows everybody, including our loved ones, that how much we cared. And that's completely untrue. They already know how much we care. And they want us to go on this journey, this transformative journey and make a new life out of the ashes of the old one, not sitting in the ashes for years and years and years. So there's one man I know that his son passed in a similar fashion and he didn't tell anybody at work. He didn't change anything. And 16 years later, he fell apart. Right. So we often yeah. try to squish it yeah. down, squish it down, squish it down. So in my office, they said, oh, you can have two hours off for the funeral. What? Right. And then, you know, somebody stepped in and said, well, how about some administrative time? So it's all this pressure. No, no, no. It's time to get back on. You have things to do at work. And OK, you can have a little extra time. Really? Your son my, just died. My really? son just died. and But I was so out of it and so accustomed to being on that wheel of success that after a week I just plodded on in and I remember sitting in meetings and trying not to cry and trying not to fall over and trying not to. So why did I do that? Because that's what my habitual response was until I just said, I'm done with this. I'm through with this. I, I think many listeners can relate really strongly with what you say. It's it's kind of one of my little things, like I don't think our uh, jobs um, allow us to honor these cycles of life and death. You know, it, no. it kind of gets in the way. Um, can you touch a little bit on the, the four directions of the medicine wheel? Yeah. And because it really, to me, lays out the journey. Right. So this is... A four, this is the four wind, I call it the four winds medicine wheel. It's based on yeah. Andean mythology. And it has, um, Alberto Villoto has so brilliantly attached some practices that are people are good to feel, understand and feel, uh, feel familiar with. <laughs> I didn't want to say those two words together. Um, <laughs> they're <laughs> Buddhist practices and, you know, things that we know and we hear of. So they're all associated. So in the Andean medicine wheel, we begin in the south direction and it's associated with serpent. And we talk about shedding our old stories, yeah. Yeah. the way the serpent sheds its skin so that we can begin to walk in beauty. And so the four practices that are associated with the south direction are non-judgment, non-suffering, non-attachment, and the practice of beauty. So non-judgment, I love this so much because we get so caught up in things. And this is these practices I have people do in a ceremonial way, right? So I want everybody to have a pie pan and a candle and a, pieces of paper or a notebook and a pen and sit and really think about things like non-judgment. And Ram Dass, this, you know, I think most people have heard of Ram Dass, this yeah. wonderful spiritual teacher, talks about turning people into trees. So he basically mm -hmm. says we go out into the forest and we look at trees and one is this way and one's twisted that way and one's this and one that, and we don't judge them. But when it comes to people, ooh, our judgment, judging mind comes in. So the practice here is to really sit, and I talk about sitting in silence. So what I want people to do is engage their neocortex, their ceremonial part of their brain, and get out of the physical, the serpent, the physical brain, the reptilian. So we want to get out of that, and we want to up-level everything 
to ceremony. So sitting in silence, sitting by yourself, having a candle burning, and allowing yourself to breathe. The breath is a metaphor for breathing in the new and releasing the old. And sit, I say, until you know that you're actually reaching your observer within, that divine yeah. part of yourself. Yeah. And begin to write down, who are you judging? Maybe you're judging yourself. Maybe you're judging your loved one. Maybe your sister or mother or brother didn't come through for you. So write it down on a piece of paper and the, with radical honesty. And radical honesty because this is not a journal that's going to be kept somewhere that somebody's going to find. Right. right. We're going to take these little pieces of paper and then you're going to burn them with the intent of releasing this judge in mind and the judgment could be of yourself. Right. Letting it go. So working in ceremony to release things. Another practice, non-suffering. So how do we suffer? We suffer based on the stories that are going around and around in our mind. So we get in touch with those stories and actually sit and listen instead of trying to squash them, put them down or engage in busyness so that we can't see them. Sit with them. I should have done this. I should have done that. Um, he told me he didn't want to go to the doctor. Someone said about their husband, I should have made him, right? Like we have control. Like if I had changed everything in my son's life, even his nursery school, maybe his babysitter, <laughs> Everything would have turned out differently, right? These stories that are going rapidly round and round and round and round, putting those on paper and actually looking at them and saying, is this really true? Would it have turned out differently? Could I have really made anybody do anything, right? And allowing, taking that to the fire. So in shamanic um, lore, fire is a path of rapid transformation. So by taking things to the fire and burning them, we're allowing our prayer to have it released go to spirit. So it's, it's rapid transformation that we're looking for and also giving ourselves time to just sit with things and look at them and pull them apart a little bit. So everybody's stuck in a different way, in a different place, um, in many, many different places. So I had people that I was really angry with and I was judging. I felt I was being judged. I had these stories that were going around in my mind. And then we look at something like non-attachment. And so non-attachment is often the roles we play. So one of the roles for me was judge role. And so I remember one time I was out doing some gardening and my neighbor said, oh, I didn't know judges planted flowers. So everything I did was scrutinized, right? And so when you put yourself in positions and people know this, CEOs and nurses and doctors and masseuses, and if they know who you are, everybody's looking to see it. You're a spiritual person. Let's see how spiritual she is today, right? <laughs> Can't have that bad day. Right. And so um, looking at all of that, those roles that are so what defines us confines us. Yeah. So letting go of some of the heaviness of these roles, even mother and father and sister and brother and allowing writing down those roles. And sometimes people find they're playing 75 roles. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Employer, I'm going to interrupt only because sure. of our time frame. I want to let people know that you're just entering into a discussion about the medicine wheel, the four winds. It's beautiful work. 
and she actually Karen actually lays it out in her book living grieving and takes you through the four uh, uh, corners of the uh, medicine wheel and takes you through the whole process with exercises and you can actually work through uh, some of this on your own mm -hmm. uh, very quickly like in in you know 30 seconds what are the other three directions okay so we've got the west and that's a process of becoming lighter karmic things looking at historical ancestral patterns the north that's not where you get into resurrecting you start looking around and saying oh i feel lighter i shed a lot of things i'm looking around here and then finally the east the east direction is where we're reborn into a different life and we're able to look at synchronicities and look at things free from some of the things that were confining us um, what I really love about this is I'm thinking how people get stuck. You know, we talk about the stages of grief, you know, denial and acceptance and anger and, you know, trying to make a bargain or whatever it is we're doing. And when you started into this journey, you started by going to the South yep. and, and working with that. Um, I don't know if it, if this is a correct statement, but it just seems to make sense to me that wherever it is you are that if you come into um this the wheel and you go to the south and then you can work your way through the process to be able to take the energy of grieving to take that experience and reconstruct your life yeah would that be accurate you've got it okay you that's lovely yeah. so in our last few moments together um, where can people find you? What, what are you offering them? Right. Okay. And, and, and last words. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, I have a website, karenjohnson.net. You can sign in, you get, uh, with your email, you get eight things, spirits on the other side, wish you knew, and you can email me. I do a lot of, um, healing work for people that are suffering from grief and you can find my book there and you can also find it on Amazon and audible. It's on Audible too. And on Audible, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, have you? Are you doing anything through the East West Bookshop here in the Seattle area, or? Yeah, I already no. had an interview with them. Yeah. Okay, you did. Okay, yep, good. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just highly recommend people reach out to you. So, anything uh, that you would really like to say to people before we close out? Yeah. So, you know, you never get over the pain of losing somebody. That's not my book, and no, nothing will help you get over the pain but you can get through the suffering and you can, you can learn to take that energy of grief to honor your loved one and build a new life. So it's not like we're leaving them behind. We're honoring them by, by transitioning and using this energy and freeing them to do their work on the other side. Yeah. It's such a, a, a beautiful and tough journey. And um, I just really recommend it. So everybody just get Karen Johnson's book, living, grieving, reach out to her and get some help. There's a lot of help out there.